What did you wager? Oh, you lost it all. I'm so sorry. Carol, tell him what a, what a tell him what he's lost. <laughs> tell, tell him about his lovely parting gift. A year's supply for Isaroni. No, a treat. Not the San Francisco treat. So when they say a year's supply, do they calculate it on like three meals a day of Isaroni? <laughs> I hope not. I bet it's like, and only five days a week, or seven I bet it's days like two boxes a week. So here's a hundred and <clears throat> hundred and four boxes. Hundred and four boxes of Isaroni. <laughs> Go away. That's still like what? That's gotta be. Some insane amount of cases. If and do they take that into account during leap year? Because you can starve to death on leap day. You don't get your riceroni on time. All chaos could erupt. I had a friend who got like a year's worth of M and M, and basically got coupons. It wasn't that they shipped him the M and Ms. They just shipped him a bunch of coupons that were free. He got a hundred coupons for a package of M and Ms that you could. Oh Guys, we'd have to like go to the grocery store each day and use one. <laughs> Yeah, it was limit something use like that. Per visit one. Oh, Thank that's you. terrible. <laughs> Welcome to Crucible of Realms. I'm Jim. I'm John. And I'm Kent. And today our guest is Mark. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. So for those who may not be familiar, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am Mark. I'm a 48-year-old <laughs> uber geek. Love to role play. Love to create things. Love my comic books. I don't call them funny books, even if my mom and dad do. Like my little figures up on the wall and love really cheesy horror movies. So I guess that makes me an all-American guy. That's cool. That's awesome. So shall we get into it? I'm yes. ready. Mark, did you have an idea you wanted to throw at us? Well, you know, I thought that it would be kind of interesting. Somewhere lost out in space is this formless, shapeless, completely desolid world made up of nothing but nightmare energy from all over the universe. Oh. Now, let's go one step better. From all the universes. Mm. And when people sleep, there's a pipeline, like some kind of a psychic pipeline, that connects that world with the person who's dreaming basically giving that person nightmares. Now, every now and then, the nightmares actually stay on the planet, wherever they are. But when the person wakes up, the connection's severed. But every now and then, some of them are stranded. (laughs) What they want is, they don't want to be shapeless and formless and all this other stuff, because the more nightmare energy they draw from other people, the bigger their planet gets, and the more solid it becomes, the more real they become. Which means they're becoming fear mongers. They're trying to spread their fear. What do you guys think? you want to develop that? Yep. Oh, my gosh. So is this uh, Monsters, Inc.-ish? <laughs> it could be. I, w- I would go more serious with it. Well, yeah, I think my first question is, do the nightmares come from there, or do they come from the people and go there? Oh, well, you know, that's the funny question. They don't really know what came first. It's kind of like that chicken or the egg thing. It's like they've always been there, but the people that they draw their energy from haven't always. Okay. That would be the question. I mean, there could probably be a religious sect on that planet that, you know, would believe that they are just as inevitable as God or the devil, or they're just as important. Has that. It seems like, for conflict purposes, we're going to have to have one or two planets aware of the dreams wanting to become more, of that desire for them to become larger, more solidified. Well, I'm thinking we could go in a couple of directions with it. One would be involving conflict with one of the solid worlds. 
where the people who dream are. The other might be just having conflict within the world itself. Oh. Because nothing says that the nightmares all get along. And oh, actually, it's, not. They, they probably don't get along at all. Mm-hmm. So I think talking about conflict within that world itself might be interesting. But let's go ahead, I guess, and answer this question then first. Do we want to deal with developing outsiders, or do we want to just deal with this world? How did you see this, Mark? I could see developing the world. If it's a lot of fun, then people can do, like, supplements to go along with it, like, say, that the Knights Templar have been keeping these things at bay for centuries or years or whatever. So it's like setting up the world itself might be interesting because I've kind of envisioned it sort of like Game of Thrones-ish, where there's a lot of political intrigue. That's always fascinating me. Like the Underworld movies, I could care less that they're about vampires fighting werewolves. The thing that always fascinated me about those movies was the fact that these people were broke up into political groups and every one of them had a different agenda. Okay. That's what fascinated me, and that's what I think would be cool about this. Wow. I can definitely see developing things out along those lines. I guess we should try to figure out the major we're looking at here. Yeah, the major groups. Yeah, mm-hmm. because this is going to be based off of the major groups. The question is also going to be what kind of lands they live in and how these lands are connected or if they're connected at all. I can almost see like a Ravenloft deal going on where it's like you're not really sure where the borders are. Yes. The different nightmares have their different realms. So if they venture too far, they just stop existing? Ooh. Well, not necessarily. Um, They're there, but... Well, yeah, that's true. Maybe, Well, maybe that could be the case. Maybe their center of power is only such because once they drift away from it, their connection with whoever their dreamer Mm -hmm. was or with whatever their reality base is gets more and more tenuous. All right. So that's a possibility. So we have to come up with a couple of nightmares. Yes. So... What was your scariest nightmare? Are we talking about factions of nightmares in this world? Well, is it a world? Is it a... He talked about it being a sort of amorphous kind of yeah. a, a realm. It's a formless mass that keeps... Well, now that's the question. Has it just started to take form? Oh, or is uh-huh. that the effort that's going on? And is there somebody at the center of it all or, or a group at the center of it all trying to, to give it form? That's what it sounds like is that they want form. They want to be their own planet. Yeah. Because they thrive off the chaos that they create or the fear that they create. It's like the more fear that they harvest and bring back, the more powerful they become. That, and that, the more like, of a say they have. I also kind of liken it to the like the internet. The internet's huge, but it really doesn't have... it. The internet's bigger than the world, but it's not physical. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I would envision this planet. One other thing I was thinking about, the ones who draw the most fear out of their victims are the ones who are the strongest, which means the ones that go after like children and older people. Yeah. Those are the ones mm. that are the strongest. I kind of like the idea also that maybe the more fear that they bring back or is brought back for them, the bigger their realms get. Or the bigger their maybe. ideologies are? Or? Well, well, they get more quote-unquote land, the more powerful they are. So were there great old ones in the past and something happened to dispel their fear, so to speak? Was this realm at one point corporate and something happened and it discorporated, essentially? You mean corporeal? Right. Was it its own world at one point? Something Mm -hmm. happened and it separated and then it came back? Or they're trying to make it more of a physical world? You think that the nightmares had more power at one time and then it went away as their different food sources evolved (sighs) and uh, started to banish them? Or somebody came up with sort of a viral idea that shut them down really quick and they're just now learning to cope with those. Well, that's an interesting thought because what if other ideas besides just nightmares or things generated by the minds of sleepers can actually get in there and get trapped there? Ooh, that's that's 
that's good because while you guys were talking about that, I had a thought. What if they were corporal at one point, but their main planet where they were getting most of their stuff was Earth? Once man evolved and man was able to start thinking for himself and wasn't afraid of everything, man's intellect and man's growth kind of shut down the blood supply, so to speak, and their planet atrophied. Mm. Oh, okay. And the more man, I mean, think about it. I mean, it's like, you know, dinosaurs were roaming the land, and it's like dinosaurs were afraid that other dinosaurs were going to eat them. They would feed off of that. And this went on for millions of years. And then man just wasn't smart. He had no intellect. He had basic okay. things like fear, I'm full, things like that. The more man learned, the weaker they got because they weren't able to feed off the fear because man was starting to understand the things around him. His fear of the unknown was gone. Okay. I like that idea. I think that they can probably still have a pipeline to Earth, but it doesn't sustain them nearly as much as it did, so they are seeking alternate food sources. Um, other planets, lesser developed races, things of that nature. Or other planes, even. As a race, or the dominant race becomes more technology driven, more and more of our fears are driven away or taken away. Yeah. They still so, exist, but they're not going mm-hmm. to be enough to keep we're this not, race solid. We're not driven by animalistic fear, which is yeah. more primal and more energizing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So I think the next question is how many factions do we want to play with here, just narratively speaking? And this is not saying there cannot be others. Right. But how many do we want to define now? Let's say three. Three? I like three. Yeah. Three is good. Three's good. Yeah, that works. Okay, so when we're talking about factions, these are factions in this nightmare realm that tap back to other places in the physical universe. Yeah, basically factions that work for the three biggest nightmares. I would think. My thought is that the three most powerful nightmares have formed their own factions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Gathered other nightmares under their banners. Yes. And you still yep. have independent nightmares wandering around and, you know, just diving into people's dreams and getting by. But these are the ones that are actually trying to affect solidity, actually grab enough power from dreaming mortals that they can become solid again. Now, are all three of the same opinion that they need to be more solidified? Or is there just one that has that, holds that, and the other two are opposed to it? I think that maybe at least two of them need to be into that whole harvesting thing to get more solid. The third one maybe probably still has to do it, if that's the only way for it to happen, unless we want to introduce an alternate do have, power. Do they have different ideas? They might have different ideas about how to go about it, possibly, uh-huh. yeah. They'd all have different techniques. Right, right. Well, what about if one of them thinks that their, their race has run its course and they need to just go away and they're, oh, bring, nice. they're trying to bring about the end of their own race. Oh, cool. Uh, a doomsday <laughs> faction. That's awesome. And so they're still gathering power, but they're doing it so that they have enough power to destroy the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I like Please. that. I like it a lot. Okay. So they're the end of fear. Yes, they are the Omega. Don't Very be cool. afraid, but be afraid. Yes, that's yeah. right. Well, I mean, for every reaction, there has to be an equal reaction, right? No, I like it. So there are a couple of different ways we can tackle this with these factions. Either we can define the chief nightmare of each faction first and then figure out what kinds of lands and people they would have. Mm-hmm. Or we can do it the other way around and figure out what, you know, just three different themes or lands or things of different kinds and then figure out who would be running them. Which way do we want to tackle this? Naming it the head of house and then going from the top of the pyramid down. Okay. I like that idea. Yeah, that works. Uh, start with head honcho. Okay. Yep. So we need three head honchos of these three different nightmare factions. So does anyone have any ideas for a nightmare? Really powerful nightmare, might you? Yes. Well, I'm sure everybody's had the hallway that just extends forever and they're running down the hallway and they can never get to the end. That's got to yeah. be one of the nightmares. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, so like a uh, kind of a haunted house type deal, maybe? Just it, a sentient house being? Yeah, something. I don't know what it is, but it's. I still hate that nightmare. And I know when I'm getting sick is when I get that nightmare. There's a lot of hallways. A sentient hotel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a perspective thing, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. How about the one that's where you get the feel that you're falling? Yeah, like oh, yeah. You go that one earlier. Yep. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. probably related, too. Yeah. Yep. It could be something that just messes with your perceptions. Mm-hmm. So a being of some kind whose purpose is to mess with people's perceptions and perspectives and whatever. So his you. gateway is drugs? Drugs is a good one. Drugs and alcohol, various types. Beings who consume those things probably are more likely to fall prey to this individual. What kind of thing would it be? Does it have a physical form? Is it in and of itself like a building? Or is it a an actual physical being? Or is it something else? Well, I would think that nightmares could look different to each person. Like, yeah. I could stand in a room with the three of you guys, and one of you guys would see me one way, and someone would see me something else, and so on. Yeah, I would think then that in this case, really, narratively, what would, because we need to be able to grasp something to be able to talk about it, though. I'm thinking that what we want to talk about is how it most commonly appears. Okay. Well, uh, how, about in, how about in human form to humans and in other forms to other life forms? Oh, uh, I'm wondering how the other nightmares would see it. Yeah, that's what I... Oh, okay. The nightmares that are under his or her control. Okay, so this is the perspective of the nightmares to the main master nightmare. I think or that actually <clears> might that be best thing. for what we're tackling right now because then that way it gives us a neutral ground to build in different directions. And yes, totally, they should have different means of being perceived by different dreamers. But I think on the nightmare world itself, they're going to have to see something when they address it, if that's how it works. It may not be. It may just be that the place is the nightmare. And so it communicates with them through other means. But we have to figure out if that's what we want. Is it? Because I'd, I'd be happy to go with that if it's like just a place rather than a person. Well, is it like a cloud or something of that nature? It could be. It could be a cloud. Well, I, I almost envision it like nothing but, you know, like you said, like a, a dark cloud. And they could be nothing but just like energy that just kind of communicate with each other. They really Really have no shape, no form, no no solid ability, or no, nothing solid about them at all. While they're communicating with each other on on the nightmare world, hmm. but as they drain more power, more of this fear energy, the more solid they become. Right. You so know? the big head honcho has taken enough that he actually has form. He has physical form. Correct. Yeah, sure. That's kind you of would, what we've been think, playing with. Yeah. You would think that yeah. the leader would have physical form. Yeah. Okay. And he could appear as a nightmare's nightmare, oh. if that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. So it's like, you know, if, if he wants to look like Chewbacca to, to one person or to one of the other nightmares, that's what he would look like. Or if mm. he wanted to look like a little baby with a rattle in his hand, that's what he would look like to another one. This is what I'm thinking, and please tell me if, if I'm going the wrong direction. They would appear to whoever has whatever they fear the most. That is one way to take it. The thing is, then, would that not be the case with all three of the head honchos? No, because there would be a pecking order with the the two that were wanting to make the nightmare planet oh. real, yeah. they would be joined together. They would be stronger than the one that's in charge of the doomsday cult, so to speak. But if the leader of the doomsday cult was more savage, he would actually be able to have a more fearsome appearance. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm afraid of sharks, so I don't go in the ocean, but I will go into my knees. So it's like, I'm not that afraid of the ocean. I can go so far. And mm -hmm. I guess also the stronger your fear power, the more you would be able to overcome someone else's fear power. Yeah. The main reason that I'm asking about physical forms, and it doesn't need to be defined in terms of that, but I ask about it mostly because there needs to be a way that, say if you're a writer and you want to write about these things, it's very difficult to write about clouds talking to each other. Mm -hmm. yeah. So 
there needs to be a way to deal with the Nightmare Realm as its own thing, as a writer, so that you can actually have characters. I'd like to kind of make the assumption that these three head honchos are characters, and we need to define characteristics of each of them. That doesn't have to be physical. Maybe they are, are all shape changers or what have you. But we need to identify something that we can use to make them significantly different from each other and make it so that they can be written about and people will have different opinions about them. And I'm in agreement that we need to have them take physical form, at least to the observer. That's yeah, a projection. Not, we can yeah. say they take the most aggressive, fearful form of whoever they're addressing, but to us, we need to be able to look at them as a third perspective. Yeah, so how does the audience see the head on you. Mm -hmm. How about astral jellyfish? Astral, astral jellyfish? jellyfish? Well, that's not bad. Are they representing, are they going to represent real world fears? So, you know, we're talking about somebody phobias and somebody can perspective sensory fears. Are we going to go that oh. route? So one of them appears as Ronald Reagan. One well, appears. <laughs> I think the one that's trying to do away with the world or trying and prevent the collection of fear itself should be somebody like a, if you want to picture it, not really the, doesn't have to have the fangs, but like a vampire. He's very calm, very cool, and very charismatic. So maybe the most human looking. will draw people towards him. Does that make sense? Okay. So do you want that one to be like, say, the most human looking? Ah, oh, this connection. It's really irritating. Can you hear us? It is more or less at this point that I need to briefly announce that we have lost Kent. The Skype demons appear to have devoured him. We have hunting parties out for him now, and hopefully he will rejoin us. But in the meantime, let's continue working on this, if we can. I think the question we were trying to address was the idea that maybe one of them, the one that's more of the doomsday type, is kind of more charismatic, might be kind of more human-looking, might be sort of almost like vampiric. Do we want to kind of look at it that way with that one, or do we want to entertain that idea? I like that idea, but I also think think this right here, the other two factions could actually be working against the Doomsday one, so to speak. Yeah. And the Doomsday cult could be the ones that are like the bottom feeders, the ones that like go after the children and the old people. So it's like maybe they could try to have a more fearsome appearance to, I guess, kind of intimidate the other two factions. Maybe they're the ones that look, should look like, you know, Max Shrek from Nosferatu. Oh, or, okay. You know, I like that. Or, yeah. or Frank Langella in anything that he does. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Max Shrek with makeup for appearance and Frank Langella in attitude. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And because it's like it could be that the Doomsday Cults really just want, they're just tired. They just want to end it. And the other two want to keep on surviving. So they're trying to, I don't know, not be quite as desperate as the oh. Doomsday Cult. You know, it, it was a terrible movie, but did you see Frank Langella in the box? <laughs> Another blown Richard Matheson thing. Such a great story, and it was terrible. The reason I bring that up is because I almost want to think about the characterization of him in that movie. I'm going to try to pull Kent back in here. I still think the scariest character ever played was the CBS boss in Good Night and Good Luck. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That, that scene when they're in the elevator looking over his shoulder. Oh, my yeah. God. You couldn't help but just look at his shoulder. <laughs> You don't you want to disappoint him. Yes. Yes, Excellent. we've got you. He's back. Yay. 
We were just talking about Frank Langella. We were thinking about the Doomsday Cult section, and we were thinking that the denizens of the Doomsday Cult need to be terrifying and kind of fiercer than the other nightmares, because they're basically grabbing, like, the children and the other things sort of just from the sides, other alternate food sources, and what have you, Remora-like, and just putting up a front to try to terrify the other nightmares. And so part of the reason we were talking about Frank Langella had, had to do with the vampire connection, the Dracula connection, but we were essentially thinking of someone with that kind of attitude because he's terrifying in anything he does. And, Very, uh, yep, I actually agree. So we were sort of going back and forth over whether we wanted this leader to be more human-looking or less human-looking. How do we feel about that? Do we want him to be more terrifying-looking than the others? This is the Doomsday Cult guy we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, the Doomsday guy. I think he should be scarier-looking, because like I said, I think that they should be like the bottom feeders, the ones that go after the kids and, and make them have the nightmares of Santa Claus. I mean, let's put it like this. Their happiest time of the year is the kids going to go see Santa Claus for the first time that are terrified <laughs> while they're sitting on his lap. That's when they're feasting. That's their Thanksgiving. This should almost be like a, uh, a terrifying inversion of Father Christmas. Well, it's, it's that and the kids that are uh, about to get their report card and they have no idea what they're going to... Yeah. Or, or they're dreading the, the bad grades that they're about to get. Clowns. Uh, Clowns, people, yes. People, animatronic creatures <laughs> people so we're people so, in giant animal so costumes this is, these are all kind of aspects of the other right maybe that's what their area their realm is so to speak it's those things that are different than what you are from the way it's being described it's almost like a uh, kind of a land of broken dreams i'm thinking it's like children finding things out and being terrified by them being disappointed about them things that are supposed to be friendly but horribly twisted so that they're not i, like I wonder that. if so do we like the idea of the Doomsday Faction to be the one that takes, like, the positive images and twists them around and makes them horrifying? Sure. Yes. There you go. Okay. So that said, what do we want their leader to look like? I kind of like really ugly, scary-looking clowns myself. It's Krusty the Clown. So terrifying clowns? Uh, yeah, why not? Or and we just lost all the chlorophobics. <laughs> Personally, I'm not afraid of clowns. I just don't oh, no, like clowns. No, I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, to me, a shark walking around in a business suit would scare the pants off me. Just to make it even more horrifying and offensive, maybe it's a mime. Oh, yeah, because they're quiet, and you yes. always have to watch the quiet ones. Maybe the one that's in charge is a mime, and he speaks through seconds. He never actually speaks directly. So Marcel but... Marceau was his avatar. and Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's someone that it looks like it's just a person dressed in black, but they have no face until you look directly at them, and then a face appears. Possibly your face. We don't know. It has the face of whoever it's talking to. Why couldn't they all do that? Maybe they can. Well, maybe minion. Yeah, but maybe it has my minions. Well, or, or the splinter of his group. I guess that's their. Yeah, that's their stick. I like the idea of a doomsday cult being populated by mimes. That's actually kind of creepy in a way. <laughs> yes, mimes and broken the, toys. What are they, the silent? Come to life and are still trying to lurch about. Well, and there's that, and, and there's uh, fear in the silence as well. Clowns, yes, and twisted Santa Claus-like creatures. I almost want this to be a twisted Santa Claus-like creature. Well, I was, I was going to say something about that. I just had a thought. Maybe what the other two factions are doing, maybe the doomsday cult is, maybe they're actually like trying to rescue the people that are being afraid and siphoning off the fear from the doomsday cult 
You know what I mean? Like when, you know, sometimes when you have a nightmare and like something bad's going to happen and someone that you don't know or someone that you do know comes and gets you out of trouble. Maybe it could be where it's they're trying to make things better for them by taking their fear away. But I think that maybe while they're trying to do that, it also might be cool if that's not the best thing for them to do for those people. Because then if you're living without fear, then there's a piece of you missing. Sure. Maybe they actually are trying to help humanity and other sentient beings, but... Are well, they only hell- just, trying to help because they're ending it all? They want to end that, it all? That's a, yeah. I mean, their self-interest is, you know, they're ending it all and, and helping them is part of that. Well, I just had an interesting thought to deal with that now. What about if the doomsday cults actually not trying to bring about the end? They're trying to make themselves solid, and the other two groups realize that if they become solid, then they're going to lose their place in space, and they could actually become prey for someone else because nobody knows where they are. They aren't physical. They're completely lost where they are, but if they become solid, people are going to figure out where they are and how to hurt them. Well, the thing about that is, though, that's everyone. All three of these factions we've been talking about, that's the case for all of them, really. They'd all try to get to the point they become solid, and then the other two become lesser. The ones that are solid, then, you know, everyone can see them. So, I mean, I don't really see that as something that would necessarily be unique to that group. Okay. I did like the idea that they're trying to siphon off the fear, but maybe as a way to starve out the other factions. Ooh, that would explain why sometimes when you have nightmares, clowns wind up getting attacked by dogs. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Or, or, you know, it starts raining and they start melting and things like that. Exactly. Oh, good. These could be like twisted holiday creatures, things of that nature. I almost thought maybe the head honcho is like a snowman. (laughs) It's just run by the snowman. Wow. Okay. So I don't know how that sounds. (laughs) Don't get me me started on that. Don't get me started on that. Mark once wrote a story about snowmen. It was a snowman lynching. <laughs> uh, that, that's okay. I'm, a, I'm actually doing a, a snowman version of Seven right now. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. It's like all about snowmen and the seven deadly sins. Yeah. This sounds like a Calvin and Hobbes comic. Oh, it's let's put it like this. There's no such thing as normal when it comes to my stuff anymore. So do we like the idea of it being like a snowman type, or do we want to do something else with it? I'm I'm perfectly open. If anyone has any other ideas, feel free to throw them out here. How about a demonic-looking Santa Claus? Because kids are scared half to death of Santa Claus at first. I'd be good with something very much like Santa Claus. It's obvious that he's not, but he probably looks a lot like different kinds of Santa Clauses. Do we like that? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Father Christmas. Um, yes. Yeah. Father Christmas. <laughs> there you go. You said you wanted to have some way to do that. There you go. Yeah. Or bad Santa. Yeah. So that's the head of one faction, and we kind of determined that he has an army of mimes, a sort of happy, fluffy toy creatures that are all disturbed and broken in some way that do things for him. What I'm is uh, when a doomsday cult? Yeah. <laughs> What's well, the only one we've developed so far? We need to get at the others too. So that said, should their realm be like? A, a winter wonderland type place. A horrifying winter wonderland. Oof, why not? I mean, fear of winter is one of the most primal things ever anyway, so that also goes okay. with that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's always it's always dark, it's always cold, and it's always snowing. Yep. And there are wolves. A driving snow. And there yeah. are wolves in the woods. There are wolves. Yeah, in a pine forest. Yeah, that works. Okay, yeah. none of us are going to get to sleep tonight. No, of course not. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the basics of that 
realm, we now have two more that we need to build. So we need to, if we're going from head honcho out, we need a, another head honcho for one of these other two factions. We need to figure out what that one would be like, what they'd be all about, that kind of thing. Well, this is where your Frank Langella type could come in. Do we want that one to be more of a kind of a charismatic one that maybe looks almost human, some sort of uh, thing that's like a vampire, but obviously feeds on nightmares like they all do? Something like that? Yeah, because, I mean, it's like, you'd be the guy in your dreams when you have a nightmare that kind of leads you off the merry path, so to speak, and he would charm you to get you to open the door on the left. You don't want to open the door on the right. And then that's the one that you open up in the closet each year. Yes. <laughs> so a person, male or female, who will show up and essentially try to entice people, that would be then more the one that tries to lead people down the garden path until they get there and they find it's too late. Yes. So he's okay. temptation. He's yeah, temptation is good. I'm almost wanting to delve into like depictions of Mephistopheles here, <laughs> or something like that. But he's, uh, he's what you want that's not good for you. Yes. <laughs> Everything that you want that's not good for you. I can yeah. think of a couple of people like that. <laughs> yes. So is he a gen or was a gen, the genie of old? We could do that. Is someone who's yeah, someone who's who, who grants wishes right. seemingly. <laughs> I kind of like that. But it's really not. So this one's underlings would be like leprechauns and <laughs> and uh, other wish-granting creatures who are actually horribly twisted. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so more like the Warwick Davis leprechauns. Yeah, the gems, um, the leprechauns, the... <laughs> Magic mirrors and what have you. Rumpelstiltskin maybe at the top here. Oh! Oh, that's good, because I was just going to say something about Rumpelstiltskin. That's great. Okay, so we have, like, maybe the lead figure is a gnome-like creature who is some sort of wishmaster-type person, and it's actually really... It's never a good idea, because you just enter into contracts and you get lost. <laughs> right. Oh, now that's Also, fairy creatures. I mean, fairy creatures fall under that uh, right, the fair, thing yeah. as well, yeah. And infiltration of the legal system, so to speak? Because it's all about legalism with them, but it's a really twisted legal Legalism. Yes. So they also have lawyers carrying briefcases. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Think about how much you fear the IRS showing up at your door. Or getting an order to show up in court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's fears not only of wanting things that are bad for you, but then also getting caught. There's that. Yeah. Well, well, here, you can have a bevy other, of judges. These are the nightmares least. that would actually feed off adults. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like the adult fears. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. Fear of mortgage. Well, fear yeah. of divorce. Fear of everything. Yeah. I'm now seeing this parade of demonic judges in wigs. Who so all of them look like Albert Finney and Peter O'Toole. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. So the head of it is a gnome-like figure, sort yeah. of a Rumpelstiltskin-like person. Right. Spinning out the reality to make his realm more solid. I like that, I like that. What is the realm like? Ooh, cold and sterile, kind of like THX-1138. Mm. Ooh. So very isolated and corporate-seeming? Yep. You don't know <laughs> if you're standing in the middle of a room that's 10 feet by 10 feet, or if you're in a room that's a mile by a mile. You don't even know if you're standing 8 feet over the ground, or if you take a step, you're going to fall a mile. You have no idea. Ah, okay. So their realm is actually a lot like Inception. Things like fey creatures and things of that nature, that that might be perhaps a slightly lesser aspect, or they're more in hiding. They're kind of wearing masks, as it were. Not literally, but they're fitting in with this sort of Byzantine structure that we don't know really what it is, because it's very ponderous. And that's the nightmare, where you're running down the hallway, there and you, you can't find the end of it. Because because that's where you are. That works nicely. So number three. I think realm number three should be the primal fear. The thing that we're afraid of that goes bump in the night like wolves and snakes 
spiders. So okay. is it the darkness? It is it the the unknown? Probably like a boogeyman type. Mm. A faceless. That's where we can pull in the facelessness as well. Right. Actually, for some reason, I like kind of like the idea of a female figure here who has no face. Mother Nature. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Actually, yes, a Mother Nature type actually would be pretty the good. Figure of a woman, but no, no other. Mar- she's porcelain. Yes. Just straight. Mm, yeah. That is creepy. Yeah. But something representing all of the primal fears, the fears of things like fire, spiders. It's not so much the unknown, but it's, you know, hunger. Tornadoes, hurricanes, sharks. Yep. Everything like that. And she'd always be in shadow yeah. or maybe backlit. There you go. She's backlit, so it's hard to see her figure. You know what I mean? Yes. Very good. So her minions would then be more like, well, things like tornadoes and spiders and just, I guess, monsters that look like different creatures. You could have things like manticores and and such ocean Some death somehow bears yeah sharks <laughs> big indiscriminate things in the water what would her realm be like i can see it being very dark but also very natural maybe like a forest or an ocean but something it where it's always nighttime how about oh, darkness darkness where you can always hear water and you can always feel leaves and things brushing Ooh. against you but you can't see them and you really can't <laughs> grab them Ooh, subterranean them. Yeah. yeah something where it's like subterranean almost and there are plants down there but we're really not sure exactly what they are but there are forests of the damn things and you know there's water around yep. I like the trickling water or the dripping yeah. water and so she actually could have as part of some of her minions would be like troglodytes and things like morlocks basically. I like the Will-O-The-Wisp kind of thing, too. Yeah, Will-O-Wisps, yeah. that could work, too. Although, strangely enough, I think Will-O-Wisps would also work with the corporate land, the Rumpelstiltskin yeah. thing, because leading you down the garden path, but they can have a dual function. Like I said, because they're independent nightmares, but they yeah, can hang out there. They're contractors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The Will-O-Wisp could work for anybody they wanted to. It's just like, eh, hey, Rumpelstiltskin, you'll do me more good this week, so I'll hang with you. Yeah, exactly. Next week, it's Frank Langella, and the week after that, it's, it's Mother Nature. You know, it's yeah. just, they're like, yeah, like independent contractors. Cool. We've got the factions, we've got the areas. What else do we want to define about these guys? Do we need to define anything deeper about these people's relationships with each other? Or I don't think they would like each other. I really don't. I would think that each one of them was kind of looking out for their own good. But sometimes the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The Father Christmas guy, that faction should be totally isolated. Like, you send emissaries yeah. to talk to them, they don't come back. Okay, you know, very good. It's that kind of thing. They're totally isolated. They don't care. They've got one purpose in mind. And that's it. I think maybe something we were talking about before with another type of independent contractor thing could be more actually of the Frank Langella types that are maybe some of them create domains, but is more sort of vampiric creatures can go between those other two realms quite a bit, maybe. Well, it could also be that, you know, if someone's got their own little realm, as long as it doesn't infringe on anybody else's, yeah. or they don't do anything to really bother the other factions, yeah. they kind of leave it alone. Yeah. But it's like if you kind of step out of line, like I, don't, I can't see yeah. any of these factions pulling a Hitler and trying to yeah. take Sobos' territory. I can't see yeah. that. But it's, it's this constant game, and these little realms can become pawns in the games, I think. But yeah, it's not something where you're going to overtly try to take it over. It probably wouldn't do them any good. Yeah. Maybe they don't feed on that type of food, so to speak. So it, it wouldn't do them any good other than maybe to squeeze out somebody else a little bit. Well, this is actually pretty good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to throw on in terms of connective tissue for this thing, but this is looking pretty good. I think we've got a pretty solid thing here. Is there anything else we want to detail more about this place? I'm the, sorry, go ahead. The only thing I would think of is are they bounded? We sort of brushed on this earlier that outside of, they go to the edge so to speak, and then they start to dissipate. Is that a natural boundary? 
story? Is it something that was imposed on them by some other higher abilities, powers? I think that might just be a function of how much power they have. It's a physical law kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Who's on the rise right now? Which one of them is is looking like it's going to be... I, and, you know, really any of these could be considered a threat, the biggest threat at any time. Rumpelstiltskin. The Rumpelstiltskin faction? Yeah. Okay. He's on the yeah. rise. Yeah. Because in our planet, we've got the great mortgage crisis, the housing crisis, we've got the yeah. unemployment crisis, and it's That's like true. they are rules lawyering everybody to death and scaring yes. everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, they would be the ones on the rise because, let's face it, and they've even said that births are down on this planet, which means the doomsday cults not going to have quite as many kids that they can feed off of. That's true. That's very true. You know, so, so they would actually be losing power in a sense. That's very good. I like that. I like that. Okay, cool. so right now the Rumpelstiltskin faction is looking like the one that's getting to deal with, and the sort of Shadow Mother Nature faction is trying to decide, okay, well, the Santa faction is not giving us anything, but we need help from somewhere. Yeah. Although they're probably very proud to admit that they need help, so it's very, it's very good. This is very cool. This could get interesting. So do we want to detail anything else out like lieutenants or anything else like that, or should we just kind of leave this as is and start naming stuff? I can't think of any lieutenants off the top of my head. Yeah, me either. We, we talked about wisps and vampires and things of that nature, but I like having those as just things that are available, but we don't necessarily have to do anything with them right now. Right. Okay. I'm okay with naming, starting to name stuff. All right. So, not a lot to name this time. So, first, back to the Santa faction. Who is Santa? What do we want to call the Santa figure? I kind of like Father Christmas, to be honest with you. Oof. I kind of I would go... I, you know, I'd kind of like to do Father something, but maybe not Christmas completely. Hair like Noel? Or Father, Father Noel? Or like Father Holiday or something like that. Okay, that. Father Holiday's cool because most of that stuff starts at Halloween and ends on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and let's not forget that more people commit suicide during the holidays than any other time yeah. of the year. <laughs> Father Holiday spelled with two L's. It's actually Doc Holiday. <laughs> Father oh, yeah. Holiday. He's ornery something sinister sounding that means like holiday or feast or a celebration or a you know in the equinox or the or the solstice ooh father solstice father equinox Actually, Father Equinox, I think, is enough on the edge we could use that. It's weird, but I think it could work. What do you well, think? It does sound kind of sinister. You know, I actually kind of like Father Equinox. I think that could well, work. Well, but Equinox, the, you know, the Equinox is in September, so... It means equal night. Or Father that's Fear. Equinox means equal ooh. night. Equal night? Yeah, that's what Equinox means. It means that you have the same amount of daylight as you have darkness. Hmm. Well, how about this? How about Father Night? Father Night could Father work. Not? Not? Is that what you said? Father Not? You know, German actually, tonight, he Father didn't. Nacht? Father Nacht. Uh, <laughs> Vater Nacht. <laughs> Although, the funny thing is, now, actually, he said Father Night, but the funny thing is that Father Not, N-A-U-G-H-T, might actually work. All is for naught, which All kind of, again, takes the idea of those things that were happy and have been twisted around. They are for naught. <laughs> they are for Father Not. Sure. Do you like that? Yeah. Okay. So Father Not, and that would be N-A-U-G-H-T. Ooh, I like that. Okay, and this winterland in which Father Not lives, what do we call it? Notland. Notland? <laughs> Not's Landing. Not's Landing. N-A-U-G-H-T apostrophe S. I mean, we could just call it Winterland if we wanted to, but what do we want to call it? I think Frozen needs to be in there. Oh, like the Frozen Hollow or something. Frozen Arbor. Ooh, Frozen Hollow, that sounds cool. I think the Frozen Hollow works. Winter Doom. <laughs> Winter Doom's not bad either. It's the Frozen Hollow. I can go with the Frozen Hollow. Yes. The okay. Frozen Hollow. Because you know, it can be hollow, and you can take that a bunch of different ways. Okay, cool. So we've got those names. 
The Rumpelstiltskin figure. Now, his faction, his corporate faction. Wasteland. The Wasteland? Oh, wow. Yes, because it's like nothing but white. Nothing but white as far as you can see. There was whiteness, but then we also talked about these very dark, big sort of building-like things and hallways and twisted things. That's right, you did. Yeah, you did. That it looks a lot like Inception. What about the Voidscape? That could be cool. Or the The Courthouse. The Courthouse. I think there's a Courthouse in the Voidscape. I like the Voidscape, actually. That sounds good. Yeah. How do we feel about that? Yeah, that works. Voidscape works for me. That name in and of itself is kind of contradictory, which is nice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So what it's do we want to... moron. Yeah, exactly. It's an oxmoron. Hey, I take offense to that, though. <laughs> what do we want to call the Rumpelstiltskin figure that's in charge of it? F. Lee. As in F. Lee Bailey. F. As in F. Lee Bailey. You know what we could do, though? We could just call him Mr. Bailey. Sure. <laughs> I like that, too. Yeah. He has an actual name because he's the one who's trying to entice people. How do we feel about that? Like yeah, calling yeah. him Mr. Bailey. Mr. Bailey. Yeah, okay. that works. Is the gnome controlling the voidscape? which is awesome. Does he have a seat of power or anything? Or do we just call it the Voidscape? Because you uh, talked about some sort of building or, or like, courthouse. You know, yeah, we could do seats of power for each of these guys if we or wanted to. Or maybe just this one guy. Maybe he's well-organized or something. He's on the rise right now, so it would be yeah. significant at least. So, yeah, maybe he has... Does he have, like, the high, ch- the high chair? Um, <laughs> I know, the, the image. The image, it's terrible. But maybe, yeah, maybe Mr. Bailey provides edicts from his courthouse. I have an image of, like, a dark city, kind of midtown Manhattan and the sky, right? the sky in a gray kind of gray and oh okay sky. maybe he's in maybe he's in the penthouse right something like that so a place that would be like the penthouse or right. something that sounds less like a magazine with windows that look out of an infinite oh gray city here we go he gives edicts from the 13th floor <laughs> oh there you go oh and even better yet since he's on the rise he can see everywhere from his windows yes. he can even see earth he can see titan he can see everywhere from his office on the 13th floor he has the corner and office if, and if he uses his binoculars he can actually see details yes i like that a lot very cool do we want to include seats of power for the other two or do we want to just have it for this one just for this one i think he's yeah. on the rise the other ones i picture fine. the other ones i picture roaming around and following up on their people from a closer hand or a close grip. Where this guy, it's all-encompassing. He sees from every direction. It's hard to escape his view. Well, I must admit, I can see Father not having, like, a combination sort of throne room workshop, but... The other thing about it is Rumpelstiltskin will be smart enough to realize that he can't do it on his own. True. He's going to have to divvy up the stuff a little little bit. That works. But So I I like the idea of the other two roaming around a lot and not being in their quote-unquote seats of power as much. Maybe they have homes and whatnot, but they're not going to be as narratively important, at least not right now. So now this Mother Nature, this shadow lady, what do we want to call her? What would be wrong with Mother Nature? I don't see her in tight. Well, you see, Mother Nature herself is not necessarily a nightmare. Something close to that might be interesting. I'm thinking underground because I liked that. That's right. Yeah, the caverns. Or Mother Subterna. Oh, subterranean. Subterranean. Yeah, Mother Subterranean. Yeah, there you go. Something involving subterranean. Our Lady Underground. Yes. Our Lady of the Soil. Dame Nature. Wow. I think so, it needs to be something invoking something shadowy. Maybe something invoking the subterranean. Subternal abyss. Well, we could call the place something like that. As far as her, I wouldn't call her that. But Mistress abyss. Lady precipice. That sounds good. Yeah, it's a little silly, but it actually I think could work. Do we like Lady Precipice? It's okay. Yeah, it's not great, but it it don't roll off the tongue like Rumpelstiltskin. 
What about Dame Precipice or... Dame Precipice? Oh, I like that. I could go with Dame Precipice. That's better, but I don't know that it's there. <laughs> well, how, how about if I throw one more? How about Dame Perilous? Ooh. Hey, yeah. That's I like that. Yeah, I like that. Dame Perilous? Yeah. All right. Yes. I'll go with that. Dame Perilous. It's very interesting. It's also hints at a history that she might have. Right. Dame Perilous. Okay. We need to name her realm as well. This, How about the uh, Dark Fountainhead? Ooh, I like that. I like that too. That both describes the place and gets in a stab at Anne Rand, so I'm always good at both <laughs> of those. So. The Dark Fountainhead. That's cool. Do we like that? Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Now, we have one more thing we need to name. Can we guess what that thing is? Dun, dun, dun. We need to name the setting. What is this world called? Got to be something about fear or terror or the nightmare, something other. Or something that's like nightmare just, realms, the nightmare. I mean, or just nightmare, maybe. Although terror is an interesting. Why not call it terror? What's wrong with a planet called terror? I think it sounds pretty cool. I like it. I mean, think about it. A planet called terror. That'd make a great name for a story. Why not just call it terror? How do we feel? I think I like that. There is a movie from 2007 called Planet Terror. But actually calling it Terror by itself, just a place called Terror, I think that would work. If Bruce Willis is huffing gas and threatening to kill people, it would be great if he was walking (laughs) around. True. That works, really. Terror? Yeah. All right. Well, gentlemen, we now have our realm. Our realm is called Terror. So there we are. So this world, Terror, is now available under Creative Commons, so if you want to make use of it in your games or in your fiction, feel free. Just remember to credit the podcast. Well, this was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Um, Thanks very much for joining us, Mark. That was awesome. Very much so. I I love it. Please, please, I'd love to do this again. Yes, absolutely. This was very cool. I like how we kind of managed to combine a couple of things from different places. It was really awesome. Well, it looks like we're hitting time here. Say goodbye, fellas. Good evening. See you all later. Good day. Goodbye. Goodbye. Farewell. Take care. (laughs) So long. Sweet dreams. Yes. I like that. (laughs) Pleasant dreams. Goodbye. Go home already. We're out. Take care. Thank you for listening to Crucible of Realms. Do you have comments or a question? Have you used one of our settings? Tell us about it. You can contact us at podcast at crucibleofrealms.com or leave a review for us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Or if you'd like to contact one of the hosts individually, you can find our emails on the website at crucibleofrealms.com. The Crucible of Realms podcast and all settings created on it are released under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. All music was composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com.